I think she's just really focused on getting John out and they really need to have that conversation. That conversation needs to be had, not necessarily between the three of them, but between the two of them. In other words, this is the way I've always looked at it. This is why he's here, blah, 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 blah. And maybe she can understand, but she needs to get her act together. Seriously. Like she needs to get her act together. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. Let's get ready to rumble! Not again, not again, not it's 90 Day Fiancé time with my co-host, the Coupon Queen. Why, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. We are chatting about 90 Day Fiancé, the episode that just passed this weekend. Oh my goodness, what a bunch of crazies we've seen. It, this episode was called Get Off Your High Horse. What did you think of it, Coupon Queen Pen? It should have called, been called Three Rings Circus. <laughs> I I mean, I I I don't even know how this happens, but this this reminds me of the last time when we said Angela was sane, but now Bilal is actually the sane person on this episode. How did this happen? A lot happened in this episode. There was couples that I can't stand at this point. We're only on episode nine and I'm just like, I don't even want to see them anymore. I don't want to hear about them, but let's get into it. I don't know. I don't know who to start with. Help me out here. Uh, I guess we can actually start with Eve and Muhammad because they're even though their thing was kind of weird, it wasn't a lot. We didn't get a lot of them. So. You know, we're dealing with the aftermath of the whole, uh, you know, the whole dinner debacle where he felt like she should have defended him. And of course she didn't. But um, he now wants to take her to the mosque to try to convert her to Islam. Now, one of the things that got me during their conversations is it seems like they never had this conversation whether Eve was or wasn't converting. So I don't know. What did you think about that? I was feeling sorry for Eve at this point, but you know, she is the one to blame for all of this because she went there, you know, she did the FaceTime boom, boom. She went there to have boom, boom. Cause it seems like that's what they did. I have no idea. You know, everything's fun and dandy. They were on the honeymoon phase and all of a sudden reality hits. He's in America and he wants her to convert, wants her to do this, wants her to do that. And now she's feeling the heat. She's feeling the heat and she doesn't want to. I do have to say it was, inappropriate for her to call his religion like there's all these stupid rules you know that's what she said and I really did not like that she's old enough I know she was frustrated mad and upset but that's not something it's a very disrespectful thing yeah. to do yeah religion that's is not a religion. something yeah that's not something you do to someone's religion it was really putting it down 
it was just for me, there was so much non-communication between the two of them because it seems like according to him, they talked about everything. But I mean, he's 25. Like, I don't think she believes that they've talked about everything because it seems like even with the conversation about the clothing He's like, well, you said you're going to change yourself. And I'm like, that's not usually something someone says. It's so true. And I just didn't like that. Now, okay, I'm feeling sorry for her because, again, I feel like I'm saying I feel sorry for her. But at the same time, like I mentioned, she's the one to blame as well. Like, you know, I understand that she's trying to let him find, you know, his community and be there. And she wants to stay the same for herself. This is very complicated. You know, she's already stressed out. Her friends are telling her like, you know, is this something that you really want? Is this something that you want to do? Are you feeling pressured to, to, you know, convert? Like, we don't want to lose you. You are Eve and we don't want to lose a friend. Like what's going to happen later on. I hope Eve actually opens up her eyes and I keep saying this every episode and actually lets him go. But he actually saying if she's not committed to converting after all this talk that we've had beforehand, then he's going to go back home. Right. But I do like what the imam at the mosque said, which is he has to learn if he's going to live here to deal with the liberal portion of this society. He's not used to that. He comes from a place where Islam is everything, you know? So it's kind of like, hmm, like my question keeps being for Muhammad, why couldn't he find a girl back home? I mean, if if this is something that is so, so, you know, important to you, why couldn't you find a girl back home? I mean, is it the whole, I, I, I have to ask, is it the whole older woman thing, thinking that Eve was just going to, you know, play the mommy role or what? But some things are saying that maybe he should have looked closer to home rather than across the, you know, across the water. Unfortunately, it came down to that bikini pic that he was attracted to. And, you know, Muhammad, he's at fault for this. He's at fault for finding a woman in America who had a really attractive pick and decided to slide into her DMs. I just, do I believe Muhammad that they had a conversation? I feel like there's a lot of miscommunication because even last week when they were in the car arguing about this bikini picture, I'm thinking there was a lot of miscommunication. Uh, maybe there was something that she doesn't recall or he doesn't recall miscommunication overall, but this is a sticky situation. Eve needs to actually think about herself, but not only herself, her son, because she's right now taking care of a man child. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, you know, one of the, that was my biggest question was, okay, everything is going on. Okay. She needs to convert. She needs to convert. But 
we have to think of her son, Theron, you know, he is a big part of her life. Is this something that Muhammad is willing to take on? Is he willing to take on the stepfather role? Is he willing to be a dad? Because it seems as though he wants to be mother too. Like you said, another grown man child. I don't think this, this is what either of them are looking for. And this is why they're both frustrated. I definitely agree. And when he, she decides to go out and meet up with her friend, he's just like, oh, you're going out. Where are you going? That's, you know, there's, I don't know, I guess, because in my relationship, I do have a lot of freedom, which is great because I do have a social life. I go to networking events to elevate myself with my brand, with my business, the podcast and everything. So it's like, there's no questioning. And a lot of us are very fortunate to have that because, you know, it is showing his true colors as the person that he is. We're talking about Mohammed as a person here that is, he seems like pretty controlling. Like if she can't even go out and have a sit down or coffee or even a dinner with a friend and asking if she's going to drink, what the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I I just think for him, you know, we've seen this before. We've seen the whole, you know, older woman, younger man thing. And we've seen it of course with different cultures. So I'm not too sure how this couple's going to work out. We'll see what happens. Anything else to add to even Mohammed? Nope. Who'd you want to go with next? I feel like we should go with Patrick and Thais because, again, wasn't much just like Mohammed and uh, Eve. It was very short. So in this episode, or, we... or, or do you mean Patrick and John? Because if she said John one more time. <laughs> I know, right? So Patrick, Thais and John are finally moving into or finally going to Dallas. Uh, he apparently is was in the process of selling his house and bought another one, ended up selling his current home. Um, So they're all excited. They're going to Dallas. He's got new opportunities, more clients and more people to train, et cetera, et cetera. You know, his career is going well for him, you know, after having this doping life of getting into the Olympics and everything. Yeah. You know, after that, he he's doing well in life. (laughs) My gosh, I can't get over Patrick doping. I'll tell you that. But Patrick, Thais, and John are packing up, heading to Dallas. Uh, Thais is still not happy with John moving into the new house. She's asking about the details of this new house, etc. You know, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, it's going to be new opportunities for all of them. Once they move to the house, um, all these boxes are all over the place, of course, because, you know, Patrick had to do all the work of calling men movers, get them over there. And, you know, all that fun jazz. Thais says that the house looks a bit small. And apparently Patrick is saying, I've spent almost a, a million. This is like a million dollar home. You know, what is she talking about? This house is so much bigger. It's got a second floor. I guess their previous home was just a, a bungalow, one story. Uh, but this one's a two story, some privacy for both of them. 
And again, Thais, I feel like because she's so negative about John moving into the second home, it's like, you know, she's, she's trying to come up with ways to get John out in front of him and in front of Patrick. And it's getting annoying. Like we get it. You don't like the freaking guy, but you're so fortunate that this man, Patrick here, who makes apparently a thousand dollars a day, because like he's mentioned at the beginning, I can't lose any much time of work because I'm losing about a thousand dollars a day here that, you know, he's, he's providing you with a beautiful home and he's taking care of you. So I feel like she's being naive here. She's got to have to suck it up at the end of the day. That's his brother. Yes. You may not like him. You know, there's a lot of us that don't like the other half's brother or sister, but you just need to suck it up for the sake of family. Right. And, you know, whatever you got, you just got to see what your priorities are at this point. Her priority right now is to really get John out, which is really annoying. That guy is not leaving unless he's in some sort of serious relationship. And I apologize if you hear my son in the background. I think he is practicing for shower karaoke. He's been screaming his lungs out and I do apologize. Well, I didn't hear him. So, okay. (laughs) I'm glad. But but I, I don't know. It's like, it's Thais and John. And she's like, so what about John? What about John? What about John? What about John? It's like, oh my gosh, you have this obsession with John. Like, can you enjoy the fact, like even their date night, She's like, I'm not happy because of John. You're on a date. Like, what is the matter with her? You know, enjoy the moment that you're, you're having, you're together, you're, you're together without John, like, and still John ruins your mood. So I I don't, I don't get that. I I'm just like, and, and even with the house, he says it's a four bedroom, three and a half bathroom house, like dear goodness. And at this point, I have to agree with John. Maybe she's looking for a mansion, but he's saying the house is bigger than what they've had. It is a two story instead of, you know, the one, the one, uh, one floor, so it looks a little bit different. It's going to be shaped a little bit different. I think that, in other words, you need to go for it, you know. And he even points out that wherever they stayed in 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 Portugal, it was it was smaller. So why is it that she is having this problem? And I really think it's because for her. John ruins everything. She's like, well, why can't he live by himself or whatever? And one of the things I I found very interesting that Patrick says is she doesn't understand what my life was like and how alone I felt. And it's almost like to me, he's using John as a security blanket, you know, because you have this life that you're trying to build with this beautiful woman that you supposedly love. 
and you're worried about now it's not one of those well you know families here but you're really worried about being alone without your brother that that was kind of bothering to me he like I agree with you to a certain point like I feel like he needs to probably open up to her a little bit more. Again, we don't know what's been said beforehand. They, you know, they start this filming process as soon as they approve the application. And it's kind of like, okay, we're going to be on the show. We're going to kind of continue on whatever is happening currently. So we obviously don't know if he's expressed any of that or she has any interest about it. Um, But again, like, I agree with you that it's, he needs John as a security blanket because we don't know what his childhood was like. You know, his dad kind of seems like it picked up and left and left them by themselves. Who knows? Maybe his, his mom picked up and left and left and we don't know. We honestly don't know, but you know, family's family at the end of the day here. Right. And you know, John actually contributes apparently to paying uh, the bills as well. It's a half and half or whatever the agreement they have so it helps john uh, it helps patrick a lot sorry to really afford all these things that he's got um but he's very fortunate to have a brother that can be there for him but unfortunately thais again it's all about john it's john 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 this john that john 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 so i i honestly i feel like she's asking for too much considering that she didn't really come from much um, we've seen her living condition. We see how she is. But I feel like a lot of these foreigners that, you know, they see that all this money or, you know, the whatever they feel is a lot of money to them when they come here, they expect more like David and Annie. She expected Robert. No, not sorry. Robert and Annie. Annie expected Robert to, you know, buy her Chanel when Versace and Gucci and everything, but took her to a thrift store because he wanted to see if she was in it for the lavish American lifestyle. Like this man works hard, but he actually, you know, talked about it during Pillow Talk, a segment where he's just like, I took you through the thrift shop because I wanted to see the type of person you are and you're still here, right? Because you proved to me that even with a little bit of money, you're able to accommodate yourself and, you know, wait a little bit, be patient till we get up there and, you know, accomplish what we need to accomplish together. So Thais is asking for too much. And for her to say that that house, by the way, was beautiful. The previous house he's had is beautiful too. A house like that here goes for more than a million dollars, but it's like, she needs to be appreciative and grateful for what she's got. Right. And I, and I think that's one of the things is that, in other words, that the, the pricing changes via region, you know, so she's just, I think she's just really focused on getting John out and they really need to have that conversation. That conversation needs to be had, not necessarily between the three of them, But between the two of them, in other words, this is the way I've always looked at it. This is why he's here, blah, 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 blah. And maybe she can understand, but she needs to get her act together. Seriously. Like she needs to get her act together. Yeah. Is there anything, is there anything else to say about this couple? No, I was just pretty much going to say that she's a spoiled brat (laughs) by him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of spoiled brats, why oh, don't God. we talk about Emily and Kobe? Oh, great. Kobe of China? Kobe in China. God. 
So um, I'm sorry, but uh, let's take a deep cleansing breath right now. Because, yeah, Queen Pin is about to go down the rabbit hole. Uh-oh. Sorry. So we're going to go in through the nose and out through the mouth. Because after watching this segment and reading what I was reading on, on Twitter and Instagram and other places about Emily, I wasn't the only one feeling this way. Now we've seen Emily in this whole spoiled brat moment, you know, oh, Kobe's not the same Kobe that he was in China. You're like, you're not the same Emily you were in China. We've all discovered this. But one of the things that got me was, you know, he's got to help around the house. He's got to help around the house. And this started me, Brandon and Julia, Ron and Betty vibes. Like all of a sudden you've got this farm and you think you have this built-in farm hands. You know, well, he's got to work his way through. Okay, again, no one has explained to you that you have to take care of this man for the next few months to a year. Like he cannot work. That does not mean he can't do any work to help around the house. But her being in his face 24-7, and it started to annoy me because she started getting to the point of, and I hate to use this, but it was almost like she's getting to the point of not nitpicking because Ariella nitpicks Binia. But she was giving a lot of people vibes of prejudice. And that's really what I got out of her was this woman that thinks that she can talk down to this man of color because of her privilege. And I honestly don't care who doesn't agree with me, but it was very insulting. It was very insulting on many levels. And to watch her keep talking to him in such a demeaning, degrading manner and then expecting him not to speak up for himself. Because I will say this, the difference between Ariella and Emily is at least Ariella, she doesn't always hear Binium out, but she hears what he has to say. This woman expects him to sit there and listen to her as though he is her indentured servant. I am sorry, but TLC, you really screwed the pooch on this one. It was insulting to me, and it was insulting to a bunch of other people of color. This was disgusting. It was disgusting to watch, and honestly, you saw it live happening. That is the only way I can say it, because at least... I will say this with um, with the other people that we have had that have done this. They did this in their private lives, but we are watching this unfold on public 
television. And it is insulting to me on so many levels. So that is all I have to say about this. I don't know how you felt about it, Angelica, but really I was totally insulted throughout this whole segment. Oh my gosh, girl. I don't even know. Like you pretty much nailed it because I felt it. It was inappropriate as well. I'm tired of Emily. She is a disgusting, excuse me, my throat's getting dry. She's a disgusting person on all levels. I, I, I don't even know how TLC let this pass. Like this was something, I mean, we've seen Alina, we've seen other people, but it was like, this is something they did in their private lives. This woman is doing this on television and it, it's not cute. It's not funny. No one, I mean, I saw so many, and I mean, so many comments on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook about how people thought that this was a situation of prejudice. Yeah. And the thing is to me, TLC at this point needs to read the room. You've had people get canceled on other, on other, other seasons because of what was said in their private lives and you film this and you do nothing. You cannot tell me that this is something, and I'm sorry, if, if this is something that's being done for ratings, then this is really, really sucky, but you cannot tell me at this point, this is not her reality. This is not who she is. Because we know that sometimes what we are seeing is not a storyline. This is who this person is. And from what I'm seeing, I personally, I can't stand her. Nobody can stand her. Yeah, I felt insulted. Mm -hmm. I felt insulted. I, I wanted to say something to him, to her for him. And I mean... You know, he shouldn't have said what he said in the way that he said it, but it was almost like all I could see was bloggers and, 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 and podcasters and influencers saying they've been waiting for him to tell her that all season long. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? It was, it was degrading. That is not something that I would say to somebody, but if people are waiting for you to say this, then you as a person suck. Yeah, I so agree with you. And seeing the comments on Twitter, if you guys haven't looked at it, you definitely just, you know, type in the hashtag 90 fiance and it's all about Emily and Ariella. Um, it's like one of them says, Emily needs to stop with, I've been there since day one. No one told you to cross the water and get knocked up. Let, um, let that man take care of his child. Um, here's another one that kind of, uh, I agree with what's the weird thing. What's weird is that these people's families judge their immigrants super hard, but don't judge their own daughters for going overseas and screwing random men. I completely agree with that. Like, you know, I mean, it, but that that's the thing is like, no one's holding her accountable for just like yeah. going across the water 
-hmm. and not knowing someone. And she, she keeps saying, well, I didn't know him for that long, but you slept with him. Yep. Like, when are you going to take accountability for sleeping with him? Mm -hmm. And I, we have seen this and I'm sorry, has no one ever, ever, ever watched another season before, before they got on this season and said, Hey, you know, this person doesn't necessarily make a good husband because they managed to get me pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I am sorry if somebody is insulted, but I, it's just the logic here. It's no, just the logic it's here. It's disgusting to watch. And I, I really feel bad for Kobe. And I don't know what he's going to do. It's like, do you take your losses and not see your child anymore? Like, what do you do at this point? And it's, she's a, who was it? Who called somebody a garbage person? I don't know which 90 day fiance, um, cast member said this person was a garbage person and i'm going to use this term again she jesse is when she was talking about cult yeah oh yes jessica that's right the good <laughs> god jessica yes you know she is such a garbage person i cannot stand her watching these segments and seeing the parents just say you know it's just emily you know what we, we do whatever emily does who's the parent here what's going That's on what my question was i'm like when grandma's Lack like well we, well we do whatever emily does okay you and i both come from latino culture like do our parents do whatever we say because i missed mm -hmm. that one i mean if, if that was an option where, where where did i miss the button that i was supposed to press yeah <laughs> for real for real so i can like i don't Oh, Emily and Kobe. I'm sick and tired of Emily and her and her famous saying the Kobe in China, the Kobe in China, but the Kobe in China, this, this, and that, you know what? I applaud for Kobe in this episode. Apparently next week, he's going to sit down with uh, Emily's dad. He's really nervous. He doesn't know what to expect, but honestly, Parents are going to always side with their kids, especially like them, like them in this particular situation, because whatever Emily wants, they do. And that's, what's the scary part. So I'm worried to see what's going to happen next uh, for Kobe. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I hope my whole biggest hope is that Kobe is running. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm hoping that this is not a I really want to marry your daughter speech. I'm hoping that this is a, like, he can't take it anymore. He's going back to Cameroon. For sure. For real. Honestly, anything else to add? Oh, definitely not. I'm, 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 I'm done with, with them. Also, I do want to mention to you guys, this is our opinion from what we see on the show. We obviously are open to others. If you guys message us through Instagram or Facebook, whatever's easy for you. Um, again, this is based from our opinion. It's just one of these shows that we watch what we see. I don't know. Some people watch a different show than we do on the same time and they have a different reaction, which is fine. But, you know, again, this is our opinion about these couples and it's based on what we see on the show. Definitely. Definitely. I will tell you that was completely my opinion. Um, and it is what it is. <laughs> no, for sure. 
And this is why we do these recaps. And we thank all of you for tuning in on the weekly to listen to us. And let's move on to, you know, speaking of spoiled brats, let's get into Ariella and Binyam because I feel like this was another couple again that literally took it to Twitter. Everybody just went nuts. They were comparing uh, Ariella with uh, Emily. Everyone's pretty much annoyed by these two. So I, I, I will say this. I, I have to, you know, I have to say this. Ariella, we've known, has been kind of a spoiled brat from the beginning. So we've watched, how can I say, we have watched seasons of spoiled Ariella. You know, um, I think one of the things that is getting me is um, now maybe there was some conversation had behind the scenes that we didn't know about, but it seems like reality is slapping Ariella in the face this season. And this is what's getting to her. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say this soon. Okay. Let me just get into the episode and I'll say my thoughts about it, but okay. This is where, you know, Binyam really wants to become an MMA fighter. He wants to train. He wants to see where he can take it. He's got a passion for it and all that. Ariella is kind of freaking out about how she's going to pay the bills and everything. All it's, it's all about, well, how am I supposed to pay for stuff? How are we going to do this? How am I going to get a job? It's just, she is so spoiled and she's used to, like, she always says like, you know, I lived abroad and everything, but you've worked with your dad for quite some time here. But she does not want to get a flipping job. And we've got another family, like we've seen last week, interrogate Binyam to see how he's going to make money. We've said this so many times, and I feel like a lot of times the family's not aware how long it takes to get a green card. It doesn't take overnight or once you get married, you get your green card. No, it takes years. And we keep using the example of Stacey and Florian because they took about almost five to six years to get a green card, even being married here. And they make quite a bit of money, the twins. So on top of that, it's like he's not getting a green card right away unless you have a special, you know, work permit because like, what's her name? Sinjin and Tanya. When she right, got but injured, that was she just, couldn't work. Right. But that was just a work permit. That wasn't even that's still not the green card. That just says he can work because she can't. Yes. So. I feel like in this situation with Ariel and Binyam, she's pushing him too hard. She complained in Ethiopia, which she explains in this episode that she barely saw Binyam because he was working nine to 10 jobs. And she was afraid that, you know, she never got to hang out with them, but Buddy had to work in order to provide for the family. Now, here we are. Ariella needs to pay the bills. She needs to support her family. And she's here complaining again that just because he's training four to five hours a day uh, for the next coming weeks, he's not going to have time with, with the family. Listen, Ariella, what are your priorities? You need to get a flipping job and start paying for your bills. You know, mom and dad are not going to do it forever. How old is she? Like 30 something. Right. And, and I think the thing that's getting me is like, she's, she's complaining. The funny thing is that the guy told her it was two to four hours per day. So she's like, that's all day girl like 
didn't we learn in elementary school that there are 24 hours in a day? That is not all day. Like, seriously, that is not all day. So the rest of the time he has to spend with you, because pretty much, I'm sure he's the only thing he's doing is MMA. So even if he's doing that for four hours, not counting the time that you're sleeping, which is about eight hours. So 12 hours. So 12 hours he has to spend with you. And you're complaining about what? Like, I I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. And then I think the thing that got me was watching her at the park with Avi. And she's just like, I have to, I have to do this work. I have to, women have been doing this for ages. Women have been doing this for ages. Like how many single moms do you know? Like, seriously, Angelica, like how many single moms do you know that work? Uh, a lot. <laughs> they, uh, quite a few of them, I should say, but you know, they actually work. They actually go to school too at the same time. And I'm like, damn, you know, right. Like what is she having a fit? Like, oh my gosh, he has to be home to help me with the baby. I, okay. Why is that? Why is that the running, running, uh, theme of a lot of these, women when they get knocked up overseas well you have to be home to help me with the baby um that's not how any of this goes I I hate to tell anyone but that's not how any of this goes I mean even you being married Angelica is that how any of this goes for you being married sometimes feels like I'm a single mom because of the long hours he works But that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're going to, at some point, you're going to be alone with your baby. Yeah. You're going to have, and you're going to have to do what you have to do, whether it is working, whether it is cooking, whether it is cleaning, like you have to be able to do stuff and have the baby either in a playpen in the next room, sleeping on your hip, uh, on your lap, something like really even watching tv like it's just uh, she's so used to having that nanny in ethiopia that she was able to do everything the nanny even did her hair for goodness sake like you know i'm thinking this woman has no ability to even wanting to do her own hair that she even got her nanny to do it okay like come on ariella just grow up okay just grow up but she's not going to grow up because she's accustomed to getting everything and now she's like oh my gosh I'm so stressed I need to find a job and I don't know what job I'm gonna get because you know I we've been living in Ethiopia for so long and now I gotta pay the bills and everything's on me and then we've got Binyam who's training like two to three hours a day and it's just so long like what am I gonna do how about Avi who's gonna take care of Avi oh my goodness You're moving into the city that you grew up. You're in America. Figure it out. And and you know who usually takes care of the child? The mom. mom. What a novel idea. I'm just saying. It takes a village. I'm not going to lie. It does take a village. No, it does take a village, but it's just like, you know, the thing to me, I think that's getting me is like, She's not without help. Yeah. She's not without help. Like you're telling me that 
within those two hours, like if you really, really have to get work done and you and I have both done it where it's like, you really, really have to get something done. And you have to say, you know, like mom, uh, can you take the baby for a couple of hours? Yeah. That's not a hard thing. No, they can't, maybe can't do it all the time, but there are times when it can be done. Mm-hmm. So you're not without help. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's just, she is, oh my gosh, she drives me nuts. She really honestly drives me nuts. But I will say this, it's like, she needs to get her act together and figure out her priorities and stop complaining about everything else. Because you know what? You've been in Ethiopia for so long. What is it like a couple years? I'm assuming since they moved. Right. And Binyam had almost nine jobs and worked around the clock. Like she mentioned this past episode, worked around the clock to provide for his family. And you know what? You wanted him to come to America and explore opportunities. Now it's your turn to provide for your family and take care of Binyam because he deserves to actually, you know what? Train for his MMA. And this was the funny thing was he wasn't not training when he, because wasn't that one of his things when he was in Ethiopia? He was doing yeah. MMA, he was dancing, he was choreo- doing choreography, he was writing songs, he was doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he was doing was like training and tra- training for MMA. So like, this isn't like far beyond, like he didn't just like come up with this thing out of thin air, like, oh my gosh, I used to be a bartender, but today I decided I want to be an MMA fighter. Like he didn't <laughs> wake up and have this dream. So yeah, this is something he wants to train for and kudos to him for going after it. Like he's like, and, and even when the family asked, well, if you weren't with her, would you still, he wants to be an MMA fighter. So kudos to him for going after it. Now Mm -hmm. there's something weird. Let's get into what happens at the gym because he's going to the gym. He's training with this guy, like Charles really cool. Who is like, if this guy was my coach, like I would believe that I could like fight Mike Tyson in the next few weeks. Cause he's like, you got this. I, I, I don't know where they found this coach, but he's like the best coach in the world. <laughs> but he's like, you know, he's like telling him like, you got this. And he's got him on track, which is really cool because he really believes in, in Binyam's, you know, abilities and his skill that he's got him an underbelt fight you know within the next few weeks coming up which means there is a lot more training for those that don't know martial arts MMA that means that there's a lot more training that goes into that as opposed to your regular training because you're training specifically for a fighter for a tournament or whatever it is so this may mean an hour more training per day. Okay. But, and the one thing you cannot control is who you are sparring against. One thing I will have to say to Miss Ariella is yes, there are women that train for MMA. They are not looking at your man. They are trying to get a belt just like your man is trying to get a belt. So you need to really, really get over yourself. And one of the things that you learn is in being in a gym, being in, in a dojo, being in a discipline is guess what? Everybody's equal. So you're pretty much not looking at, hey, ooh, sexy, you know, 
I'm going to take it easy on her because she's got on eyelashes and full makeup and she's so cute. No, they're sparring. They're, you know, one of the things that, and most people don't realize this, when you do co-ed sparring, it does make you a better fighter. Why? Because men and women have different strengths. So in other words, it may not make him the good puncher, whereas he can go toe to toe with a guy, but it might, might make, might make him a good grappler. Whereas she has more strength for the holds and the, you know, and the takedowns as opposed to going blow to blow with him. So yeah, you are going to have that, but she's got to put all that insecurity and all that low self-esteem aside. Like she came in and attacked this woman, Melissa, like she was losing her mind. I I didn't get that to the point where even Charles, the coach was like, I don't want this energy in my gym. How embarrassing was it to see her come in with that stroller and is like, she's, she's like a kettle. She's got like the smoke coming out of her ears and is just like, you don't want to tell me, you don't, you don't think, oh my God, how did she start it? You don't want to, oh my gosh, you didn't think to tell me that you're training with a woman. Are you serious right now, Binya? Like this man was so embarrassed. Like he couldn't even talk to her. He couldn't even want to look at her. But it was just disgusting how she comes over there demanding like Emily would be and saying like, why didn't you tell me you're training with a woman and goes up to that other fighter and says, oh, you're wearing makeup and you got your eyelash, your, your, your lashes done. And I'm thinking, why does it matter? Why she can right. look like a woman before training or for after training? Right. Like, I she's mean, that's, so messed that's- up. That's the thing. It's like, if her coach is not saying anything about it, like if she showed up in heels and her coach has nothing to say about it, who are you to say something about how she trains? Like, I, I did not get that. It was, I was embarrassed for Binium. I was embarrassed for Charles. I mean, she's just got to really deal with that because it's like, almost like, and, and the thing that she what got me was that she brought the baby into the gym. People are sweating. People are doing all types of things. They're fighting. Like that is not a place for a baby. Dojos, gyms, all these places are not places for a baby. And especially in, you still have to remember, we are in the middle of COVID. People are sweating, they're perspiring, they're doing all kinds of stuff. So maybe keeping him outside, maybe waiting in the car, you may not have wanted to do that, but we all know she wasn't going to want to do that because Ariella has to be in the room wherever Binyam is so that she can watch him like the bulldozer mom that she behaves like because she's so insecure that somebody's going to run and steal her man. Like, Ariella, sweetheart, nobody is running to steal your man. No one's running to steal your man at the gym. Melissa just wanted to work out and mind her business and train for the fight that she's training for the same way Benny was training for the fight that he's training for. 
So I, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, this is another case to me of maybe he needs to go back to Ethiopia. But he doesn't want to lose his son because he's already lost one. And unfortunately, it's like hanging over his head. And that's that's the thing to me is that she is hanging this over his head where it's like, you know, you're going and, and I and I hate that pawn move where it's like well guess what you won't see your son like come on that is that is not a reason to treat someone like garbage you're absolutely right don't like it at all well after that embarrassing moment for binyam he leaves the the place and it just sucks because he's got to get ready for an amateur fight coming up and this is what's happening I don't know. It's just, she's crazy. They're all crazy. (laughs) Where do they find these crazies? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. All right. We got two more couples and we are, wow, we're over time here. So we're going to try to speed this up. Um, Some of these couples were hot and heavy. So yeah, let's get into, um, oh my God, Jabri and Miona. Uh, so they arrive in Chicago. Um, he's excited. They ended up uh, meeting up David at a at his company with trucking, and he shares about the story about how he, you know, David should have got into this. And he's being reasonable and being honest. Like if we're gonna do music, you have to get a job. You got to be stable, so we're not struggling and stressing about music. Jabri, um, I know there was a term that you used on one of the couples that um i forgot how you said it and i loved it and i feel like it relates a lot on relates to jerbri in a way of he thinks that not having money and just playing music is going to be like you know he's they're going to be set for life they're going to meet this producer and all of a sudden they're going to become famous and then money's going to start coming in yeah that's not how it works yeah that's not this this whole like he has this fairy tale fantasy kind of disnification thing going on (laughs) and it's just like oh well we're going to meet this thing and we're going to work on this music and anyone that's been in the music industry can tell you like come on that's not how any of this works so I have to agree with David like you need to get a job and the funny thing is finding out that that you know Jabri used to work trucking and was making really good money that's the thing that's like getting me is like he was making really really good money and he stopped all of this so that he he could get Miona but here's the question is his k1 based on his trucking money which means he really needs to get back in the trucking I feel like it was, to be honest, and, you know, he was making good money and he was trying to tell him, like, we have to just save up on money so we can make music and we're not struggling again. So he's not happy about that because, again, he's been getting this lecture at home from his parents. Like, he needs to work. He needs to figure out, like, what are their plans and what they're going to do and yada, yada. So he does not like that he's getting this lecture. He's not liking that, you know, David is, like, exactly what his mom is saying to him and Jabri needs to wake up he really needs to wake up your woman wants like everything 
it kind of reminds me of Larissa. She wants the goldie house, the goldie car. She wants the, you know, the biggie this, the biggie that. And it's just like, you need to work, but I'm sorry. You right. Know, right. But music it could come like she, after. But it seems like she's a little bit delusional too. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I mean, she wants this beach wedding and then she says destination yeah. beach wedding. And they're like, and she's like, can we do this in a few weeks? And she's getting upset because everywhere she calls, she's like, I give them the date and they tell me it's too soon, too soon, too soon. Like, what did you think that because it was America, somebody was just going to magically move and wave a pen and bippity boppity boo, you're going to have a wedding date. Like, no, you have a better chance at the courthouse. Like if you want to have that beach wedding, have that beach wedding later. But no one's going to do that for you in a few weeks, even if you found all the money under a pillow or something. Absolutely right. Um, So then they get together, bandmates come together. They're all happy, like, oh, my gosh, we find out that Jabri is the lead singer of this band. And uh, (laughs) gosh, this this is where things get heavy once again, because David is concerned about Jabri and his focus because he's realizing that Miona is wants to check in and see what he's doing. Um, is he done and everything? And he's sending that text message over. So David's getting this impression that Miona is that type of girl checking in all the time. Why do you have to text her? Why do you have to tell her this? Why do you have to tell her that? I need you to stay focused. And then David ends up uh, speaking to another band member about how things are. And she's saying her own opinion, how, you know, she's alone in this country. Right. And she's only got uh, Jabri at this point and all that. So apparently Jabri gets very upset. He's angry. He's annoyed by David and what he's saying about being focused and focused and focused and all this other stuff. Don't let her come in and start to ruin things. It's just getting too much for him that they ended up getting physical. And let's admit that one thing, because I actually had to rewatch that particular uh, scene. I thought at first that David grabbed Jabri's phone, but then I realized that no, Jabri actually reached out and attacked David. So it's like, oh, okay. So yeah, we'll see, end up seeing the rest of that fight next week. We sure will. Anything else to add? No, <laughs> we didn't expect to go over time. So I apologize. Um, okay. Bilal and Shaida. Oh my gosh, this woman, I just want to pay for her ticket to go back home. Honestly, I cannot so- deal with this man. I I can't, but one thing I will say is, you know, she is, she seems to be learning her voice, like learning to speak for herself with him because she let him know, you know, she wasn't going to prayer. She would rather stay home. She's, you know, it's not, it's not uh, mandatory for her. So she's staying home, you know, Um, but Along with her finding her voice, she decides to pray at home. And as we've seen with Eve, there's something called wudu where they wash before. We've seen this. We've seen this in other seasons too, where in other words, 
you wash before prayer. Um, but she leaves water all over the place. At this point, I kind of can't blame Bilal because it's like, why didn't you just clean up the water afterward? Like, even after you finished praying, why didn't you just clean up the water? So that I kind of can't blame Bilal for. But then it's like, then he buys her something, they're going through the things. And it's like finding out that he is really OCD, the, the small forks are with the big forks. And now this is over here and that's over there. And maybe these spoons are not where they're supposed to be. And I'm, I'm like, dude. And he's saying, well, you know, OCD is up here. I'm down here. I'm neat. And, you know, and I really didn't like when he said, well, you know, uh, Shahid is down here. Like, that's not cool. That is, that is not cool. You, you're not going to berate her, but yeah, dude, you are OCD. Like you you have to admit that you are OCD. Like you can't have anything out of place. Like your house is almost ultimately all white. It's like, whoa, I don't even think they make bleach for all of that. Like, dear goodness. So yeah, he, he definitely is OCD and he speaks, he talks down to her all the time, but it seems like, like I said, Shaida is really trying, is finding her voice. I agree with you. I'm almost at the point of, Hey, buy her a ticket back to Trinidad because Hey, listen, he's not listening to you. He's got his own plans. And again, I still want, I still don't understand why he divorced from the first wife. And it could have been all of this because he could have been too much to take. So who knows? I so agree. I agree. I can't take this man anymore. I'm done with him. Another word that comes out of his mouth. I just want to fast forward their segment because it's so freaking annoying, but I do have to say, Shaida, thank you for speaking up and let's see what happens with these two. Honestly, it's not even worth it, but we've seen on social media before that she's been defending him. So it seems like they're still together, uh, but we don't know for sure, but from what it looks like, it seems like they are, uh, but we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, we definitely will. But oh my God, I don't know. Is it safe to say we can wrap this thing up? Let's wrap it up, guys. Don't forget to check out CQP Moments podcast. And of course, the Queen Queenpin and the Wingman. That's her other podcast. We do have a brand new episode of Shower Karaoke coming out this Friday. And uh, yeah, that's all we have for now. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queenpin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken, aka The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And now you're you listening, are to listening to, to, to a, little a little bit of everything, everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me.
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to.